exalt the name of Jesus. Amen. Praise the name of the Lord. Acts chapter 19 and verse 1. And it came to pass that while Apollos was at Corinth, Paul, having passed through the upper coast, came to Ephesus. And finding certain disciples, he said unto them, Have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? Turn to your neighbor and say, Have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? And they said unto him, We've not so much as heard whether there be any Holy Ghost. I want to speak for the next 15 minutes on this subject. Beyond belief. Did you say that with us today? Beyond belief. You may be seated. Thank you for standing. Sometimes we use that phrase, beyond belief, to describe things that are hard to believe. And some of the things that you read are hard to believe. They tell us that lobsters do not grow old and die. As far as scientists can tell, they only die from external causes. I did not know this, but if you eat a polar bear liver, you will die. I might also add, if you try to take the liver from the polar bear, you will also die. They tell us that honey does not spoil. You could feasibly eat 5,000-year-old honey. They say that a full head of human hair is strong enough to support 12 tons. I did not know this, but Neil Armstrong went through U.S. Customs in Honolulu, Hawaii on the way back from the moon. He landed out there in the water, but before he came back into the United States, he went through Customs in Honolulu, Hawaii. I guess they wanted to make sure he declared all of his souvenirs <laughs> from the moon. They tell us that the average chocolate bar contains eight insect parts. Yep, but that will not stop my wife from eating chocolate, I can promise you. Saudi Arabia imports their camels from Australia. And a supersonic jet once broke the sound barrier over a field of turkeys. And the sonic boom gave the turkeys a heart attack, killing every one of them in the field. Now those things may be hard to believe, and sometimes we use that phrase, beyond belief, to describe those things. But this morning, we want to use the phrase, beyond belief, to examine what we as Christians must do beyond just believing that Jesus is our Lord and Savior. Paul asked these disciples that were at Ephesus if they had received the Holy Ghost since they believed. In other words, believing in Jesus should prompt us to seek for the Holy Ghost or the Holy Spirit. It is the natural or supernatural next step. When these disciples answered Paul by saying, we've not so much as heard about the Holy Ghost, Paul then followed up by asking, unto what then were ye baptized? This question gives us more insight into what else should happen beyond just believing. Baptism is another one of those natural next steps to believing. Paul knew that they were believers. The Bible says they were disciples. And when they had not received the Holy Ghost since believing, 
he inquired about baptism. He did not ask them if they had been baptized. He asked them if they had been baptized a certain way. In other words, he assumed that they had been baptized if they believed. In Acts chapter 8, we read about a similar exchange between Philip, one of the young evangelists in that New Testament church out in Jerusalem, and a man from Ethiopia who was reading Isaiah and had confessed his belief in Christ while riding in a chariot down in the Gaza Strip, the Gaza Desert area down there in South Israel. And when they came upon this oasis of water down there in the desert, Philip the evangelist had been explaining to him about who Isaiah the prophet was talking about, who the Messiah was, and, and then also about baptism. And the man from Ethiopia inquired as to whether he could be baptized in, in that water. He said, see here is water, pointing to this oasis of water that they came across in the desert. Philip said, if you believe with all your heart, you may. And that man from Ethiopia said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. When he said that, Philip said, we're ready. They commanded the chariot to stop, and the man was baptized right there in that oasis of water. Now, what does that tell us? If you believe and you've not been baptized in Jesus' name, you need to stop your chariot this morning and go down in the water in the name of Jesus Christ right now. So this illustrates that baptism is also one of those things that should follow believing. So there are two things that should follow believing according to the book of Acts. Baptism and the receiving of the Holy Spirit. This also lets us know that just believing is not enough. In Acts chapter 2, when Peter preached to the group that had gathered around the upper room, they asked him, what must we do to be saved? And in verse 38, he said, you must repent of your sins, be baptized in Jesus' name, and be filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. Those are the things that follow believing. So if you believe that Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior, and I believe you do, would you vote right now by raising your hand? Do you believe that Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior? I would say that's the vast majority. Then we should repent of our sins, be baptized in Jesus' name, and be filled with the Holy Ghost. All of this is what God expects from us beyond believing. This brings us to the next question. How do we know? that we have received the Holy Ghost or the Holy Spirit. We know if we repent because God forgives us. That's part of believing. We know that when we get baptized, that we were baptized. We know it. We're all wet. There's plenty of evidence right there. I got baptized today. No, you didn't really get baptized. No, I really did. How do you know? My hair's still wet. There's evidence to that. You know when you go under the water and you come out, you were baptized. So there's plenty of evidence there. There's plenty of evidence with repenting. But what about the evidence of receiving the Holy Spirit? How do we know that when we received the Holy Ghost, it was from God? What is the evidence? Well, first of all, know this. God is good, and you never have to wonder. He always will give you undeniable evidence. Aren't you thankful for that? You ought to thank the Lord for that. He always gives evidence. There is evidence all around us of his creation, evidence of the great flood that's in our soil. The Grand Canyon gives evidence of a flood many years ago. There's evidence of his love and how he created us in his image. The way that we love our children is evidence of how much he loves each and every one of us. There's evidence of his power. It's illustrated through the resurrection of Jesus. God always gives evidence. So what is the biblical evidence of receiving 
the Holy Spirit, an invisible spirit. Well, God always gives you visible evidence of the invisible power of God. The Bible makes it clear that he gives this evidence. And it's evidence that you and I know is tangible. Well, what is that? Well, in the book of Acts, we read it was always the same thing. They spoke in tongues. In Acts chapter 19, verse 5, it says when they heard this, this is that group of disciples that he's talking to in Ephesus. When they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul had laid his hands upon them, the Holy Ghost came on them and they spake with tongues. They spoke with tongues. That was the evidence. In Acts 2, when the Holy Ghost was poured out on the day of Pentecost, the Bible says in 2 and 4, they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave the utterance. In Acts chapter 10, when Peter goes down to that Roman centurion's house, the fellow by the name of Cornelius, and he preaches to them about the plan of salvation, some of the Jews that went with him, they were a little curious as to whether or not Gentiles could actually be filled with the Holy Ghost. But while Peter is preaching, the Holy Ghost falls on that whole family. And they begin to receive the Holy Ghost. And 1045 says, and they of the circumcision, referring to the Jews, which believed, they were believers, but they were astonished, as many as came with Peter, because that on the Gentiles also was poured out the gift of the Holy Ghost. Now, how did these Jews that were not sure whether or not the Gentiles could actually be filled with the Spirit know beyond a shadow of a doubt that they had been Spirit-filled? The proof is in the next verse. Verse 46, for they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. Then answered Peter, God gives visible evidence of being spirit-filled. You will speak out words that you do not understand. You say, but, oh, pastor, do I have to? You know what I say to that today? You get to. Because it's the greatest gift that God has ever given to mankind. Now, let me ask you a rhetorical question this morning. Do you appreciate the gift of life that God has given you? If you don't, something's wrong with you, and you need bigger help than what we can do for you this morning. If you enjoy that, and that is a gift, God has given us breath and life, and it's a gift. But that, my friend, is not the greatest gift. Many people have that gift and they're not doing anything with it. They're just existing. That's life. But God has a greater gift for you called the Holy Spirit and that is abundant life. And that's the greatest gift that you can ever receive. He's not just giving you breath when you were born, but now He is being that giver of life all over again, and he's breathing on you one more time. As we read about in Acts chapter 2, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven. Watch how it's described. As a Russian mighty wind. He just blew on humanity again. And now they were filled with not just a human spirit, but now with a holy spirit. But to your question, do I have to? I say to you today unequivocally, yes. You must. Everybody say you must. must. Point to your neighbor and say you must. You must must receive the Spirit. 
to be saved. I don't want anybody leaving today wondering whether or not the Bible says that you must receive the Spirit. Jesus told Nicodemus when he came to him at night, he was a Pharisee, he didn't really want to be seen, criticized by his peers, but he knew that Jesus was from God. He may not have known that he was God, but he knew that he was from God. God manifested in the place. But he came to him, he inquired, and he said, Master, we know that what you do is, is out of this world, and how and what. And, and the Lord looked at Nicodemus. He said, Nicodemus, you got to be born again of the water and the Spirit. Now, I want to make sure that you understand this, because he doesn't say, you know, Nicodemus, if you're not busy one weekend and you're done with all your priestly duties down there at the temple, you know, it may be good to stop by, you know, the... First Pentecostal church down there on Jerusalem and street called Straight and uh, inquire, you know, as to about this Holy Ghost thing. He said, you must. You must be born again. Nicodemus was confused. He said, how am I to enter the second time into my mother's womb? He's like, no, no we're talking about being born. The Spirit, that's the Holy Ghost. Being born of the water, that's baptism. And if that didn't convince you, Romans chapter 8 and verse 9 says, But ye are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit, if so be that Spirit of God dwell in you. Now, if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. How do you deal with that verse? Except to say, I must be born of the Spirit. I've got to have the Holy Ghost. You've got to have the Holy Ghost. We've got to have the Holy Ghost. Paul goes on to say in Romans 8 that it's the Spirit of God that's going to quicken these mortal bodies. But if the Spirit of Him that raised up Christ from the dead dwell in you, He that raised up Christ from the dead will also quicken your mortal bodies by His Spirit that dwelleth in you. It's not going to be some osmosis spirit that catches you and I away when the trumpet sounds and the Lord comes back for His church. It's going to be the Spirit that is within us. That's why you got to be baptized in the Holy Ghost. You can't just feel the Spirit of God. You've got to be filled with the Spirit of God. So the question you may have for us today on this Pentecost Sunday, and I don't want anybody leaving without receiving the Spirit of God, how do I receive the Holy Ghost? Well, number one, you must believe. Everything starts with believing. You demonstrate your belief when you come down to this altar and you make a step toward the Lord. That is a visible sign of an inward belief. So the very first thing you have to do is believe. Second thing you got to do is repent. And in just a moment, we're all going to repent together because all of us need to repent. If you've had the Holy Ghost for 45 years, you still need to repent this morning. So we're all going to do that in just a moment. We're going to repent. You can say words, your own words, and repent, or you can repeat after us, whatever is easiest, but you've got to ask God to forgive you of all of your sins. So you've got to believe, you've got to repent, and the third thing you've got to do is you've got to speak. Everybody say, speak. speak. You've got to speak with your voice. Use your mouth. <laughs> And you know, people sometimes say, I don't know what to pray, Pastor. I have no idea what to say. Whatever you say is okay. If it comes from your heart and you want to give God glory and praise, 
He's going to take what you give him and he's going to take it and multiply it and give you undeniable evidence that his spirit is within you. You say, well, pastor, why do we have to speak? Well, here's what he told his disciples. When the disciples prayed for a, a man to be delivered and nothing happened, and when the Lord prayed, something happened, they said, Lord, why? When you prayed, it worked. And when we prayed, it didn't work. Here's what he told them in Matthew 17, 20. And Jesus said unto them, because of your unbelief, for verily I say unto you, if you have faith as a grain of mustard seed, ye shall say unto this mountain. Say unto the mountain. Now you say, what's the mountain? The mountain is any obstacle. Fear, doubt, uncertainty, you go down the line. Anything that's standing in the way between you and God, being baptized in Jesus' name, being filled with the Holy Ghost, any mountain, you know what he said? He didn't say kick the mountain. He didn't say get frustrated with the mountain. He didn't say argue with the mountain. He didn't say have a theological debate with the mountain. He didn't say walk away from the mountain. He didn't say walk around the mountain. He said speak to the mountain. I don't know what you may be struggling with today, but I've come to give you a word from the Lord that God has put faith in every one of us that if you'll speak and say, I am an overcomer, I am not going to be defeated. I'm not going to die on this mountain. I'm going to rise up, lift up my voice, and declare this is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad. Speak to the mountain. And declare with your words that you shall be saved. Now I want you to stand to your feet tonight because, or today because I believe that the Holy Ghost is to be experienced, not just to be talked about. Now here's what I want you to do. Everybody in this building, I want you to turn to your neighbor right now and I want you to ask him this question. Have you Receive the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in tongues. Turn to your neighbor and ask them that right now. And if they say no, or they say I'm not sure, I want you to take them by the hand and say, come on, we're going down to the altar. And here we're going to come all together, everybody, from all over the building. If they say, you know, I'm not sure, but... You say, well, come on, I'm going to take you to the altar. Here they're coming right now from all over. I want you to step out from where you're standing. God's going to do a miraculous work right here. Just take them by the hand and bring them down. Children, young people, adults, first-time guests, visitors, been a saint here for 50 years, it matters not. You say, today is the day for me to be spirit-filled with the evidence of speaking in tongues. Oh, hallelujah. That's it. Just take them by the hand and bring them down. We're going to give you a few moments. This is beautiful. People are coming from all over the building. There is no better day than the day of Pentecost. Pentecost Sunday to be filled with the Holy Ghost. We got lots of room right in here. Just come on down. Coming down, fill right down in here in this area. Altar workers are coming too. Just come on down. There's people coming in behind you. Don't be afraid. Just come on down. Isn't this awesome? Now, if you're down here, I just want to know this because we're going to be praying for those that have never received the Holy Ghost. If you're down here this morning and you've never received the gift of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in tongues, would you raise your hand right now? 
I've never received the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in tongues. Just raise them high. One, I see my sister out there. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen, nineteen. Oh, come on, we got to have one more to make it an even 20. We got one more? All right, there's 20. How many believe the Lord's going to fill 20 people with the gift of the Holy Ghost this morning? Now, all those hands that were raised, I want to make sure all of you that raised your hand, I want to make sure you've got some people standing next to you right now. They're going to help you because you want to create an atmosphere that the Spirit of God can flow in. I want to make sure, make sure uh, Jesse and maybe Allison, y'all can, that lady right there on the wall, she raised her hand. I'll make sure she's got somebody there to pray with her, standing right next to Holly. Make sure everybody's got somebody with them. All right, now here's what's going to happen. I'm going to give you just about three minutes of instructions, and then we're going to pray the prayer of faith. And when we pray the prayer of faith, I want you to lift up your hands, and I want you to begin to just shout hallelujah. And the Lord's going to take your words. You're going to begin to speak in other tongues. You say, what is other tongues? What does that sound like? It'll be words you don't understand. Don't worry about it. It may sound like baby talk. Just go with the flow, boy. You're going to have a supernatural experience this morning. And God's going to fill you with the Holy Ghost. You believe it? Do you believe it? Now, here's how you receive the Holy Ghost. You receive the Holy Ghost. Two things are important. Faith and worship. Faith is believing and expecting. You wouldn't have come down here this morning if you didn't believe it. So God's going to honor that faith. The second thing is that when you begin to lift your voice and lift your head, you don't want to pray closed down like this. You want to open up so the Spirit of God can come in. You want to lift up your head. When you lift up your hands, if you're comfortable doing that, that just simply means I surrender, not my will, but thy will be done. God will honor that as well. So we're going to pray and we're going to repent. And then when we get through repenting, we're going to say, I receive it in the name of Jesus. And when we do, I want you to just open up your mouth, lift up your head, and lift up your hands, and begin to speak whatever you feel that's in your heart. Now, here's one thing that's important. Whatever you say is okay. Don't try to analyze it. Don't try to stop it. Just speak forth the voice of faith. Now, here's something that's important. That's, the Bible says they received the Holy Ghost as the Spirit gave the utterance. The utterance is the prompting. It's your mouth and your tongue. God's not going to come down and reach inside your mouth and grab your tongue and wiggle it all around. That's not how you get the Holy Ghost. You get the Holy Ghost by lifting up your voice, lifting up your mouth, and the utterance or that prompting, it's like an artesian well that just springs up from your innermost being. This is even how the Lord described it. He said, out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. Brother Harding... We've been to a lot of places where they need physical wells, but every single human being needs a spiritual well, and God's going to give us that this morning. A well of living water. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost. So let's bow our heads right now. We're going to ask God to forgive us of our sins. When we get to the end of this prayer, we're going to say, I receive your spirit. And when we do, that's going to be your trigger to lift up your voice, lift up your hands, and begin to shout hallelujah. The Holy Ghost is going to come all over you. Are you ready? Dear Jesus, I thank you for your presence. I thank you for your word. 
I thank you for Calvary. I believe that you're my Lord and Savior. I believe that you died for my sins. I believe your word that if I would ask for you to forgive me of every sin, that you would hear my prayer and that you would forgive me and that you would cleanse me and that you would make me whole. Now, Lord, I ask you in the name of Jesus to forgive me of every sin. Wash me as white as stone. Forgive me of every thought, every action, everything that was displeasing to you. And Jesus, fill me with your spirit. I believe in you, Lord. I receive your spirit. I claim your spirit. In the name of Jesus. Now lift up your hands right now over the building. By the anointing of the Holy Ghost. And by the power of the name of Jesus. That's the Holy Ghost.
That's it, the Holy Ghost has fallen. That's it, people are receiving the Holy Ghost. All over the front. the gift of the Holy Ghost this morning for the very first time. Marcella Mika filled with the Holy Ghost this morning. Come on, let's rejoice. The Lord's filling people with the Holy Ghost. This is your day.
That's it. The Lord's still doing the work. People are still getting the Holy Ghost. We're baptizing people right now behind the big screen. If you've not been baptized in the name of Jesus, after God fills you with the Holy Ghost, come on up on the platform. We'll take you back right now. We got robes, towels, everything you need. We'll baptize you in Jesus' name right now this morning. If you're still seeking for the Holy Ghost, push on a little bit more. God's got the gift for you today, today, today. That's it, that's it. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Come on, great and mighty is He.